Hello, friends, and welcome to another Timmons podcast. My name is Timmon. This is my podcast. Thank you to everyone who's tuning in again. Freaking love you guys. Um, and then to all the new people listening, hey, I'm about to love you as well. Super excited to share this podcast with you guys. Uh, Lincoln and I got together and podcasted with Lincoln's buddy Brian Schiltz. This dude is so cool. So I just want to let you guys know my mic was not the greatest. I had trouble setting up our three mic setup in the future. We'll get that all ironed out. But man, at least I got the mic, Brian, and he has so much to talk about. So guys, enjoy. And, uh, thanks for listening. All right. Cool. We, we rolling. We are now rolling. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Nice. Nice. This is, this is cool. This is not a normal setup, but yeah, like this it. is a little different. Doing doing a co-hosting thing right now. Yeah. yeah. Can can I call myself a co-host? Is You're that, definitely is a okay? co-host. I think it's my co-host. Hanging out with my buddy Brian Schiltz, uh, and if I could just talk about you, in front of you, yeah. say some things about you that I was thinking about earlier. You're a dog daddio. It's, it's a sweet little banjo. Oh yes, I yeah. do have a dog named yeah. Banjo. Ooh. You're a husband to a pretty dope female named Emily. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And uh. I don't know if you're an uncle. Are oh, you I uncle? am. We're both uncles. Oh, yeah. You're a musician. You're the heart and soul of Brian Schiltz and the High Country River Drinkers. That is also a f- true fact. Yeah. You're a musician. Debatable. <laughs> why, why would that not be a true fact? Um, you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean. You're yeah. a musician. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You're a therapist to boys here at Pearson Woods. Correct. You're nailing it right now. This is and a task. You are. You're. You're at a hundred percent. And you're the most electric, and magnet and magnetic person I've ever met. I think. Wow. To the point where when I met you, I was a little turned off by your personality because I didn't think it was real. Oh. I was at a really cynical, sort of critical point in my life. Where I enjoyed excluding people to make myself feel better, and that's the opposite of who you are as an individual. That that is correct. That is also a factual statement. Yeah. yeah. So how did you guys meet? How did we meet? Do you want to tell our story? I think you should tell it. I'm I because what, what if you say some of it and you fill in the details? Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. I'll say one word. You say the next word. Okay. I'll <laughs> say yeah. No, we met at a job. For whatever reason, you decided that I needed a friend. I think, <laughs> and you were—I always thought you were cool. You're the musician thing. You've got real long hair. Mm. You were—you're the worked in the cafeteria uh, at a youth treatment facility. We we're both yeah. uh, employed by, and you decided. I think that I just needed a friend. Maybe I—maybe I looked <clears throat> like it. I, I imagine I did. I was probably putting off some vibes that I really needed something then. Oh. <laughs> I don't. That's so funny. I don't. So I remember it a little differently. Good. Okay. Um, but yes, we do work at the same place. I was a uh, a lunch lady. Um, <laughs> and should have, like wear the cap and everything. I did. I had to wear a hairnet. I mean, I have a lot of hair. I didn't yeah. wear a hairnet and a beard net sometimes when the state was watching. <laughs> um, oh man, this kombucha makes me want to burp. You uh, can't burp right into the mic. I can. Yeah, oh, that's why this. Total freedom. That's why the mesh is there. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but no, man, I I felt 
similarly about you. I thought, man, Lincoln is so cool. Uh, I just want to be. I just want to be near him. Every you would make jokes, and I, I, th- I thought they were funny. You were intentional about your job, like you were kind to the children that we worked with, in a job where it's difficult to be kind, mm. and I liked that. And your beard game has always been on point. Um, I got a beard comb recently. Oh yes, <laughs> I've, I've been doing that. Way uh, to go! Not to derail the conversation i've just been my beard's been extra itchy i can't figure out why and so instead of using my hands to scratch and pull at it you uh, gotta comb i think your next step is a brush beard brush by the way i was i was looking for a beard brush but i wanted it to be thin enough to fit in my pocket oh yeah easily i couldn't find a nice kind of low thin profile Mm -hmm. brush i thought about making one but Yeah. yeah no i think you need to get for at home get a big brush i i do have a brush at home I wanted okay. something for when I was at work and kind of just mindlessly scratching with my hands. Out podcasting. Yeah. So while, so while I drive, I just... I just you uh, just brush. Just comb through it a little bit. That's awesome. That's Get super that. cool. Uh, so back to what we were talking about, the job we both worked. Yeah. You did. I mean, you, I, you did a good job. You're a handsome-looking chassis. I thought to myself, it's a good-looking dude with a great beard. He's nice to kids. Yeah. Um, there's no reason he seems to care about his job, which is attractive. I find that to be some. I mean, most people. You can do a job for the money and still care about it, like yeah, you know. Uh, but you also can do a job just for the money and not care about it. Yeah. And so, what how you handle a situation in a job like that uh, says a lot about who you are. And I thought you had integrity. You had class for days, and uh, I wanted to hang out with you. And potentially, maybe hook up some uh, sweet girl that I know with you. I don't even know. I remember you talking to me about this girl. Uh, I mean, that was just a, that was just one of the many. Sure. I remember one specifically, and you listed off a long list of very attractive sort of attributes about who she was as an individual. Mm-hmm. Uh Followed by, and she has the <clears> sweetest <throat> two-year-old daughter. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, and and I became less interested at yeah. that point in time, obviously. It happens. Not obviously. Yeah. That sounds, yeah. Bad. sounds like I'm a jerk. No, you're young, though. You were, you were, yeah, you're young. You're younger than I am. So you're not ready for babies, you know? No. no. And, and there's so, no shame in that. Way to plan ahead and be intentional with your life. Kudos to you. I'll drink to that. Yeah. So I have a question. What do you think about sex? (laughs) Ah, sex. This is very interesting. Uh, So, Was uh, there a reason why you wanted to talk about sex in this podcast? (laughs) Because while we were setting up all the mics and everything, you just kept on bringing up sex. And so let's let's go down that road. I really didn't want to talk about sex because... I don't want to, because I don't know. People always talk to me about sex. You know, I work with kids who uh, sometimes have uh, sexual um, confusion and dysfunction in their lives, and they've hurt people, and they've been hurt. So we talk about sex a lot there. Uh, I do. I used to uh, perform a lot of weddings as a pa- in the pastor form, uh, and so we talk a lot about sex there. My uh, my marriage and family 
counseling degree, we had an entire class dedicated to uh, sex, just like how sex can be healthy in relationships and how it can hurt you. Um, so, and is interesting, you know, bouncing off of that, qu I will quickly say, is interesting because I come from a, a very uh, mystical, traditional, not traditional, but mystical and ancient Christian heritage. So when people think of traditional Christianity, I think they think of like Western American white Christianity and, uh, but my the the branch of Christianity is that I align with is much more orthodox and Eastern and uh, not clear cut lines on all these other things that a lot of like American Christianity does put very distinct lines on. However, uh, certain things such as sex, there's there's like guidelines to it uh, based upon like, my, my faith. And so when I was in school, is interesting because I went to Indiana University, which is not a Christian university. Uh, and in Bloomington? Uh, in Fort Wayne, actually. Okay. They had a little satellite school. Yep. Off. And, and this was for your master's? This was for my master's, yeah. Uh, and so when we were talking about sex and reading all these books, uh, everything in popular culture and, and modern culture says, like, you know, sex is. I mean, it's, it is something to be experienced uh, with multiple partners, something to be experienced outside the confines of marriage, like the idea of waiting until you're married or in a committed relationship before having sex uh, seems ludicrous. And so, but the science and the study behind all of like the way your body's chemicals work and things like that, sex like can mimic intimacy. And so if you don't have deep level actual intimate connections with people uh but you have sex with people it mimics intimacy and so it fool it can fool your body and your brain into thinking oh man like this is love or like we are like we have this deep level connection and i mean i think we all know people who have when they break up with people it's like they want to die or they want to jump off a bridge it's terrible uh and it's because there's these deep level connections that are made they're chemical, like they're basic, they're base level, like foundational connections. So, when I re was reading about these things, it makes all the sense in the in, in in the world to me. And I was listening to Holy Spirit talk to me um, about it, <clears throat> and that's that's you know that is the premise behind uh, every part of my life. I think is just trying to listen to what Holy Spirit's saying. Uh, and so Holy Spirit was like, yeah, that's why, uh, that's why we, as in like the Trinitarian God, like encourage like sex to be reserved for marriage, not because you're bad boys and girls and it's a sin if you do it. It's because from a long-term happiness and health perspective, that is what, uh, could promote the most intimacy because Ideally, you're not going to marry somebody that you don't have like deep level connections with. Right. And so, but let's say you get your hump on with somebody and you think you have these deep level connections, but really, you know, you like Marvel movies, you like sushi, you know, you both like to travel and then you had sex and, that, and, and though you want to, you know, be a poor writer for a newspaper and she wants, you know, to be 
like a philanthropist that travels, you're like, we can make it work because our love is enough. You know, it bridges, yeah. you know, freaking Brian Adams sings about it all the time. <laughs> it bridges all gaps. It transcends time and space, you know, yeah. which love does transcend time and space. I will drink to that. But the idea is, uh, I mean, humans are compatible. Like when you have compatibility with another human uh, and you get in an argument with them, you can have like a friendship to fall back on. And let's say, you know, somebody has diarrhea or a cold and you don't have sex uh, for a while. Like you still have friendship and deep level intimacy. So and companionship, things like that. So ultimately. A deeper level. Yeah. Yeah. I promote sex. A foundation. Uh, yeah, I promote sex within the confines of marriage, not because I'm like a quote unquote like white Christian male in America, uh, and because if you don't do it, God's going to be mad at you, and you're going to whatever. I promote sex within the confines of a committed relationship, uh, ideally marriage, because I think it's the most fun. Mm. So there we go. I'm glad we talked about that. That's really cool. <laughs> I feel like you needed to, to talk about this. Really? I feel like you needed to say those things. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> I feel like I say those things all the time. Did you feel like you needed someone to listen to you when you said those things? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I this is my first time meeting Timon. Yeah. And so, uh, I, you know, part of me was, you know, I feel confident in like the science and the spirit behind it all. But at the same time, like I don't know a thing about you other than that you're handsome uh, and so you know i could be going i could be standing like in direct opposition of i think we're aligned you... pretty pretty oh, similar sweet. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 i would i would say the christianity that i come from um based was based in the white christian male what is puritanical you know what yeah. has been these law and orders and then as a coming of age and finding myself and finding my spirituality and my connection with God, I've gotten more of uh, a little bit more of a spiritual route. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's awesome. I'm 100% what you're talking about, the Holy Spirit breathing through you and that's what you live for. I live for a connection with God. That's oh, my yeah. that's my kind oh. of basis of who I am in, in a bit. So That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's cool. The podcast I just did with was my pastor. Mm. So what you're talking about is something very similar to what he was he was kind of talking a little bit about as well. Not sexual, but just... Um, he also didn't want to talk about sex? He didn't want to talk about sex. We talked okay. about a lot of other things, but it was good. Yeah. So, very similar trains of thought. So I'm interested to actually hear a little bit more. And you are welcome and open to talk about whatever you want on this podcast. So if we want to go a little more on your spiritual route, how you came to this, or, or what what that oh. back is, I would love to hear that. Um, secondly, I, I am handsome and I really appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> so. yeah. It's good. Oh, man, it's good you know. Yeah. So many people don't know or yeah. they're not willing to admit it or they fear. Or they're you afraid. Know, there's, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of uh, fear. It's interesting. The more that you talk about it, the more you connect with other people who are spiritual. And whether they are spiritual in a line towards God or just spiritually open, there's a lot of people like that and they're all afraid to talk about it. So yeah. it's, it's cool that you talk about it. Oh, so. man. It's, now you know. Now you know. Oh yeah, sweet. So, yeah, yeah. yeah so. It's my favorite thing to talk about. Mm. I don't see. I'm. I'm uncertain if there's anything outside of it that I talk about. Okay. Because I think it all. I mean, I think it stems from a lot yeah. of things that you are interested in. Stem from that. Yeah, I but think it's because your identity. Identity is. 
so Probably. solid as well too. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. In, so, in yeah. fact, I think you know that personal belief they have that the goodness, you know, the kingdom is within. You know, yeah. You're good. Uh, so strongly resonates with you that you have crafted a outgoing voicemail message that <clears throat> states some of the things that you believe. Uh, and when I called you, I to set this up, I called for two reasons, and I told you this. One was to hear that message, because when I'm feeling bad, it makes me feel good. Oh, good. It's always effective. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, obviously I called to set up this, and strangely, we've been friends for years, and once I got to the part where I was asking you to come on a podcast with us, I got like the yips and I got like nervous and my social anxiety kicked in like oh, I was asking at a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I started like stumbling over words like, oh, if you don't want to, it's cool. It's fine. I understand, you know. Oh, no. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Uh, you don't, whatever, man. You're the bee's knees. Well, yeah, I get it. I know. I know. I, I just... ask you to play with my band all the time. And it's so good. It is it's so, so good. good. Did you play? Did you open for listener? So you guys? Yeah. Okay. That was. Did and you we'll go to that show? I did not. I only heard like four people went. <laughs> uh, oh the no, that was one, uh, no. The first one had a good turnout. Okay. A good chunk of people. Uh, how many people do you think were there? Like a hundred. A hundred. I was like hundred. Yeah. And you. Yeah. I would have rather opened for them the second time when four people showed up because that because we were first, we were two of the four. It was <laughs> rough. It was that first oh. set we ever played together was rough. Mm. I don't remember. I don't remember feeling so good about it. Um, yeah, I remember I sang my favorite song. I listened to uh, somebody had a video of it, and I was like, "Oh, yep, I definitely sang that in the wrong key with the banjo." <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> uh, but my wife liked it. Everybody, you know, uh, my wife liked it, and we sold uh, uh, quite a few T-shirts. So oh, that's cool. I felt like that was a a win. Nice. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Do you play music around here a lot? Not normally. Yeah. Uh, I have a and I have a house fellowship or like a house church or whatever, and mm. so I lead worship probably once, maybe once a month there. That's nice. And so most of my songs are <clears throat> derived from. Actually, all my songs are derived from the notion that I haven't been able to find music that is overtly Christian uh, that connects with like my my beliefs about who Jesus is, mm. and so. If I don't have to go, I mean, normally I just listen to Bruce Springsteen because it's all about, I mean, dude, Jesus is in every Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> uh, but um, if I don't want to listen to Bruce Springsteen and I want to like have more of a, like a worshipy cowboy worship banjo vibe, I have to go to, I, I couldn't find anything. So I just made my own That's music cool. or wrote my own songs, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. So that's what it stems from. How that's long have you been writing music? Hmm. How long would you say the river drinkers have existed? That Ooh, that's a great question. That, that style that you just talked um, about, crafting your own. Yeah, I remember. Cowboy banjo. Cowboy Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Well, it kind of evolved. I mean, that evolved in, I, mean, I think, probably 2000. So, okay. My time, I'm just going to, I'll give you my timeline. Short sure. timeline. Yes, that's awesome. It can uh, be a long timeline as yeah. well. Well, my, my, so my spiritual timeline is as follows. In 2004... Uh, we had a meeting, my friend and I from high school, we met, uh, because he went, he had gone to be a missionary in India. I had gone to Bible college. I thought he was going to see like all the miracles in India and Nepal, you know, like 
demons being cast out, people coming back from the dead, like gold dust falling from the heavens. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the real deal stuff. And uh, and so he sends me an email. He's like, hey, man, you know how we dreamed about all those miracles and stuff? Uh, are you seeing those in Bible college? And I was like, no, nah, man, I'm, but I'm in Bible college. You know, here everybody just debates how sinful we are. Like, it's just an argument. Like, are we just really sinful or really, really sinful? Like, yeah, that was it. Uh, Been to that Bible college. <laughs> would, yeah. would you say your Bible college was fairly Calvinistic? No, actually, I went to Lutheran Bible College. Uh, and so... Where is this at? In Milwaukee. Okay. And so it was the furthest college away from Fort Wayne that would accept me. Uh, I just wanted. So you grew up in Fort Wayne. I grew up in Fort Wayne. I just wanted to leave Fort Wayne behind, and so I went there. Um, and it was a Lutheran school, and so uh, they, you know, they believe like everybody has everybody has an opportunity. Everybody in the world has an opportunity to like to be saved, and so but you can deny it if you want. Um. Which is fine. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, I've got some real opinions about that now. But, <laughs> you know, back then I was just, uh, I was trying to reconcile it all with what the Bible said. Um, so anyways, but, so, I said, I'm in Bible college. He, I don't see miracles here. There's just debates here. But you're a missionary. And he's like, nah, man, I'm not seeing the mir- any miracles here. It's just like people trying to get these, you know, Indian people to try and do like high white church or something like that. It's just not cool. I mean, it's okay. I mean, we're trying really hard. We're doing good things, but it's just uh, yeah. whatever. So he said, what do you think about moving to a town together, living in the same neighborhood, and we could live out, like try and live out the book of Acts together? Because that's really the impetus behind all like church. all Christianity is like yeah. you look at the book of Acts and you're like, oh man, there's power um, on Jesus's message. So I said, yes, let's do it. And then he said, I'm thinking Fort Wayne. And I'm thinking, and I said, oh, anywhere but Fort Wayne. That sounds great. Uh, But my girlfriend at the time said she prayed about it. And she is like, she was going to be, when I met her, she is like converting to be a Mormon. and was going to marry a Mormon guy. And I told her about who I thought Jesus was. And she was like, oh, Jesus sounds awesome. And so she broke it all off and started going to church and uh, and we started dating, and she's like, I heard from the Lord. The Lord the Lord thinks we should go to Fort Wayne and, like, like start, uh, like, a, a family together. Like a Christian fellowship or whatever. Not a church, but, like, something. A community. More, yeah, a community, yeah. 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 I think you've used the word cult before. Yeah, yeah, Well, I was going to use that later, but <laughs> yes. Okay. So, okay. Sorry, anyways, sorry, in sorry 2004, we started talking about this. In 2005, we started the... Uh, community, intentional community slash cult. It's really difficult to be a cult without like a classic, charismatic leader. Yeah. And I have charisma, but not quite the charisma to get people to, like give me their children and money. Yeah. You're um, lying to yourself, man. Really? That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and so one of my friend, but my other friend, he's pretty, he's pretty, he's got some charisma as well. So maybe he, you know. Maybe he could be the cult leader. I don't know. We haven't we haven't landed on a leader, and it's been about fifteen years. So, uh, we we started with Jesus, and I think we're it's going well. So we're gonna stick with that. Okay. So, anyways, long story short, 
2005 we start. We're very religious, and I use that in a negative context. The idea of religion is you do something to get something from a higher power. A.K.A. witchcraft. Yeah. Agree. Oh, man. You and I are cut from the same cloth, Timon. Yep, we are. Uh, so, I knew it. I knew. <laughs> I've always wanted to get you guys in a room together. It's like, I, I know. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. So very so, formally, but, get what you want from these Yeah, these and things. so we love Jesus, and we were like, we'll do anything. So we were the most religious. It was like, like I thought there was a moment. I remember that we would like call off work and we would have like meetings where we would all go and we would, the guys would separate from the girls so we could repent of every single sin that we could think of. You know, like uh, we would like break off like curses from our great, great grandfathers and like generational curses and all these things. And we just try and find any sin that was like keeping God from coming, like sending the Holy Spirit. You know those verses, it's like rend the heavens. And like this idea, we really believe in this idea that there's like a brass heaven that like kept our prayers from like really ascending and that brass was sin and like our lack of dedication. So it's just all hitting and coming back down. Yeah, and so we were like, if we just... If we just fast enough, pray enough, abstain from everything evil enough, then God will come. Mm. And so we did this for three or four years. Like it was so much like I remember uh, we like had uh, schedules where we had to schedule out our days by 15 minute blocks. And like we had accountability partners. Uh, and so if you weren't being productive with your 15 minute blocks, like you, there was no scheduling time for like watch a like. A western movie or you know like yeah. uh oh man i love watching sports and so like you could but i couldn't put it on the schedule yeah so i like had to put it as downtime but that's a sin because it's kind of a lie yeah and so then i had to put that down there and i had to tell everybody at the you know like the repent meetings oh my gosh uh so it got to the point and this is going to the songwriting question so it got to the point where i genuinely believed i couldn't fast as well as everybody else I couldn't ever hear God when I prayed that I just really believed, okay, I'm predestined for hell. Wow. Oh, so I'm, there's nothing I could do. That's why I'm not like having any success. Uh, that being said, I thought, well, there's that scripture that says like, even if you make your bed in the depths, I'm there. And so I was like, oh, well, every decision Jesus makes is good. So if I'm going to hell, it's a good decision on his part. Um, and I'll just love him from hell. That's okay. Like he's my favorite thing about being alive. So if I'm living forever in torment, I could still like love him. And that'll be enough probably for me. Uh, and so that's where religion led me. I was in, I was believing I was going to hell. It was the right thing to do for God to send me to hell. And I'd still, I, but I love Jesus so much that I'll just love him from hell. Okay. Uh, so, wow. it was a tough place, man. <clears throat> Seem, but, seems hopeless. Yeah. And you are not a hopeless person, yeah, as yeah. I know you. But, I mean, the hope was I could still love <clears throat> Jesus no matter where I would go, even in hell, you know. Uh, so, I went, so we have a, a meeting one night. It's like uh, we're going through the book of... Uh, the book of Amos. My buddy, one of my coworkers from work came, 
Joshua Lavernius Fricky uh, came. I don't no, think. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Worked at Okanalian. Yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. fantastic yeah. bartender. Yeah. yeah, lives in Port, uh, Portland or yeah. Seattle. Somewhere. Probably yeah. somewhere. Just being awesome, bringing yeah. joy to everyone. Uh, so he comes, and a bunch of people come to this meeting, which is so sweet that they like came. I don't know why I would even invite people to this Amos <laughs> repent meeting. Like one of my, like my 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 really good friend. Uh, like shaved his head, shaved all his head, hair off, and we'd been fasting, and we we're like, we're going for it, man. We're going for it. This is like the Lord's gonna send the Holy Spirit or whatever. So we do the regular thing, and we're like in the in the rotation of praying in a circle, you know, like, oh, Holy Spirit, come. We love you, Lord. Please rend the heavens. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. And uh, there's this kid who's younger than me. He's like a teenager. I, I'm like. 25 26 maybe 27 at this point uh and he i've never seen him before never seen him since excuse me so he says there's a lull and so somebody else's turn to pray and he says yes lord i pray you'd come and thank you lord that you already did come that you already did rend the heavens that you already did descend from the clouds into our midst. Thank you for being here. We love you. And that was it. It's just a really simple little prayer that went against every single thing that we were praying for. And we've been prayed against before, like in prayers where like someone prays something that's like in contradiction to you to try and like throw you off or whatever. And it's normally like, oh, a challenge. Okay. And so it's weird. I don't even know how that happened. Uh, that 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 was how prayer language had gotten in the you know whatever. Uh, we're like, well, no, we need to pray more truth than this person who's like praying non-truths. But when that kid said that, it was like none of us could recover. Like not one ounce of religion that we could muster up could could recover from that. And uh, and I just remember thinking like. All these Bible verses that I'd read and like glossed over started coming back to my mind about like, you know, like you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Like, oh yeah, you know, like that's in theory, but not in reality. In reality, we're terrible. The world's a pit, you know. And and all these things started flooding back to me. And and from that point, there was just uh, what you you could call divine appointments i guess uh where just people would say these things that would confirm like man maybe heaven is like different than we thought maybe jesus is different than we thought maybe it's all different and uh and so it culminated in this moment when we were all sitting around and we said i wonder if god is not the angry father uh, who wants to smite us and kill us if jesus wasn't in the room but I wonder if God and Jesus and Holy Spirit are all interwoven and connected and like if the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross like really did finish everything when he said it is finished. Uh, and we read, and that day we read, uh, oh, I forget the exact reference, the beginning of Mark where it says Jesus went uh, from town to town preaching the gospel. Now Jesus only had uh, he only had a couple sermons, really. Like, you think Jesus was always preaching sermons, but he actually, he had the, 
the 5,000 and the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. You could maybe like the Olivet Discourse, you could talk, you know, we could count that one too. But it says he preached one thing every, everywhere he went, every town he went. And the message he preached was the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, is here in our midst. All you need to do is change your way of thinking and see things differently. Change your perspective. So we translate it out to repent and believe, you know, which is like, say you're sorry and say you're sorry and you need to believe. But right. it was not that. It was change your old way of thinking. And so what if heaven, what if this message of heaven the time is fulfilled. And the Jewish people had spent thousands of years believing like when a Messiah comes, everything's going to be made right. Every, all of heaven is going to descend with the Messiah and we are going to be kings and queens and we are going to be full and we are not, you know, we're going to be sons and daughters and we're not going to be forsaken. We're going to be loved. We're going to love each other. And Jesus said, that time that you were looking for has been fulfilled. It is at hand. It's at your fingertips. So, that happened. Is that 2008? That's 2008. Changed everything. Then, now this is where things get weird, and I'm just not going to mince words, okay? The, the whack came. So, we started praying and enjoying Jesus and reading Bible verses that says, The joy of the Lord is your strength, and in God is the fullness of joy. And this joy inside of us started to bubble up and manifest itself in, in ways that felt as if we had been smoking weed, we had been drinking lots of alcohol, we had been doing lots of substances, but we had done none. And it just, we would sing songs, or we would say, You're handsome, you're good, you're loved. And next thing you know, somebody's on the floor rolling around, like just loving it, laughing, giggling, saying weird things like, the ferret of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Like, I don't know what that means, but they just say weird things and everyone's just being silly and goofy like little kids, yeah. like children. Uh, and so that happened. And then one person prayed and said, Lord, release the bartending angels. And when they prayed that, everybody, uh, not everybody, but most of the people just got like this wave of joy and love and ecstasy that, and a lot of people, you know, we had a history of like substance abuse and we had a history of like drugs and things like that. And so when this happened, it was like, oh wait, pleasure isn't divorced from the kingdom all those pleasures that we had sought were like small mimics. like mimics of the truest form, the biggest form, the baddest form, pleasure himself, Jesus. So that happened. And now this launches us into the answer to your question. <laughs> I love it. At the day after the bartending angels prayer, we were dry we were at like a we had a we were at a camp. And we had a, we were like just doing like a retreat together, a family retreat. And we were driving back and one of my friends was like, I just don't think it's holy what, the way we're, we're acting. It's not reverence. We're not reverencing the Lord, you know. And like it doesn't seem sober. It seems, it just seems like uh, shallow and 
um, not holy. It seems shallow and silly. I was like, okay. And I like my my nature is to like side with everyone. When someone shares their their true feelings, I'm on your side. Uh, and so I then went and I prayed about it. And two nights later was, uh, you know, another fellowship night, and the Lord had spoken to me. A song that I was like singing in my quiet time, and the the line was, uh, "I want to feast." I want to fast. I want to get drunk and I want a sober mind. I want all of you, Jesus. So uh, that like came out of me during one of my quiet times and I was like singing the song of the Lord kind of a thing. Most of my quiet times involve me like singing, reading. Sometimes I'll read scriptures and I'll sing them back to the Lord or sometimes I'll, you know, like uh, just make up songs, whatever. Uh, and so I was leading worship trying to sing, you know, like worship songs that, you know, people liked, you know, whatever. Uh, and yeah. there's this lull and I just said, I'm just going to sing this song. Cause I just felt like it was, there's this burning in my heart and like, I, I don't like singing other people's songs cause I always have to change some of the words cause I don't believe at all, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, and so yeah. I changed, so I just sang this song. And it was, it got like the biggest response any song anybody had ever sang before. And everyone sang it. And we sang it probably for 15 or 20 minutes just on repeat over and over and over and over again. And I really felt a lot of unity in it. And it um, opened my eyes to the fact that like singing truth like connects with people. Singing like things that make people feel good that doesn't make God seem like he's distant uh, or against you but for you um, and like that that even like theological differences don't matter like Jesus matters you matter uh, all that happened in that moment and I thought oh I'm just gonna like oh I'm gonna sing this more often and then next thing you know you know I'm singing and I look at this guy you know a week or two or a month or two later you know I'm looking at this guy who had just come to our fellowship and he's like clearly had like substance abuse or like trauma in his history and I just felt the Lord say like oh I just want him to know that I'm not mad at him and so I sang this song and it was just like daddy's not mad at me daddy just wants to kiss me daddy's not mad at me so I won't be mad at myself anymore and I watched this like large like grown man older than me like just melt onto my floor and start crying like in the middle of my living room. Uh, and then I watched everyone else see it and then kneel next to him and put their hands on him and pray for him. And I just thought, oh, this is like what life is about. This is what music is for. Like igniting, healing, you know, like changing things. So it all started probably 2008, 2009. And then I recorded my first record at the end of 2012. That's awesome. It's a good story. Thank you. I, I good am. History. I am an emotional person, and you've been hearing me sniffle uh, and seeing my eyes water this whole time. I'm not crying, although that would be fine too. I've got a cold. Oh. I'm just trying to deal with it. Okay. 
You know, I would have loved if you had allowed me to continue thinking that that those were real. I'm sorry for shattering that illusion for you. I was tearing up inside. You've talked about your house church and some of the things you've been able to see since since things started getting weird. Yeah. Not weird in a negative way. The whack team. The whack. The whack, yeah. Yeah. Uh, This one time you told me a story about someone who came and talked to your house church and people would find jewels. Oh, yeah. Can can you tell that story? That's, to me, that's always been a really interesting thing that I've always wanted to experience. Yes. Okay, yeah. I'd love to hear more about that. Okay. Um, So, I think the tendency in the West is to find, is to create theologies around things. And so when miracles happen, uh, if you can't find something that, if it's not preceded by something you find in the Bible, like, People will discount it as not true or worse, not of God, as if the devil would like do something that would make you love Jesus more. Um, but no, that's genuinely what happens. No, um, Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's this guy named Jacob. Uh, I'm not going to tell you his last name, but I call him Jacob the Jewel. And he is, he is an ecstatic person. He loves Jesus. He he's very what would be termed as charismatic. He, there's a lot of speaking in tongues, like just when he talks to you. He cries a lot. I love that stuff. Uh, he dances. Um, you know, he he calls God like Daddy and Papa and Abba and things like that. But um, I'm telling you, there's a lot of juice on Jacob. Like when you meet him, you f- you feel good you Mm -hmm. feel like and again i don't think the devil is looking if the devil's real i don't think the devil would be looking to make us feel good uh ultimately i think the devil wants to make us feel bad make us want to not like our lives uh maybe good for an instant but not good in like a whole way not like good like i feel whole i feel loved i feel accepted i feel seen uh shallow ways you know like oh i feel this is great. I feel accepted. I feel seen right now. And then the next morning you feel, you know, the the voices and the like deficiencies that you've been trying to silence are back. Anyways, so Jacob, uh, when he, I don't know what he does for a job, if I'm being real honest. Uh, he just travels around and he preaches and I, he just shows up. There's no schedule with him. Like sometimes he's just in Fort Wayne and I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I just felt like the Lord was just telling me to just come here for tonight. And he like lives in, oh, I don't even know where he, I think he lives in like Virginia, Kansas City. He lives far away. Um, I don't, I don't want to interrupt. And I promise this is a legitimate question. I'm not trying to poke fun at it. It is Jacob a human. Hmm. I've wondered the same thing. Okay, that's it. Just I've never thought that before. And as you've been telling the story, it no, no, no. I've wondered I, the same thing. Uh, Jacob is <clears throat> is the truest form of human. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's a human. He has a wife. He has a he has a daughter. Facebook page. He has a Facebook yeah, page. He's a human. Uh, yeah, and and he also uh, he is sensitive. He's so sweet and sensitive that he will he'll pray for you, and then. He'll see you a month or two later, and he'll say, "Like, hey, I know when I prayed for you, that was really bold, and I may have I declared a couple things over you that I'm not sure if you wanted me to declare." 
And so if there's any offense that I created from that interaction, I want you to know that I didn't intend for that. And I love you. And I'm really sorry if there's anything like that. Like he's, he's apologized to me multiple times because he said he's praised bold things and he's bold and I love it. It doesn't ever hurt my feelings. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, <coughs> again, excuse me. I too am a little sick. Mm. So Jacob comes uh, and he has a tackle box with him. And, and I've seen him carry this tackle box multiple times. And he says, hey, Brian, come come, uh, come sit with me. And I was like, oh, praise Christ, yes, I will do this. And he's like, uh, so when I preach, churches want to take up offerings for like guest speakers. He said, but I don't do offerings. I just want them to give me the jewels, Brian. And I was like, what are you, what? He's like, any jewels that don't end up in people's pockets or hands that like are on the floor afterwards and they sweep them up, that's what I want. And I was like, what are you talking about, Jacob? And he opens up his tackle box and in it, like a drug dealer, there are teeny tiny little Ziploc bags <laughs> with individual jewels filling this tackle box. And and he he packages them all and he says, The Lord told me to let you pick from any of these. He wants to give you one. And so I was like, What the Okay. Okay. And so I look in there and there's like ones that look like diamonds, ones that look like you know, like rubies and emeralds and there's also ones that look like uh rivers and look like just weird things uh and so i took one that looked like a green river and uh and i prayed and uh i prayed that night i was holding it i was praying that night and i opened my eyes or whatever and there was like feathers there's like a feather or there were some feathers and so this is commonly referred to as angel feathers yeah um i don't actually think of it as angel feathers because there's this one scripture that talks about the plumage of the Lord. So I think of it's actually God's big old wings. Feathers from God's wings? I don't know. It sounds like fun to me. So anyways, so I found a feather and I ate it because uh, it seemed like the right thing to do at the time. And it was awesome. So Jacob, uh, I've not gotten any... No, I've only gotten a couple jewels. I got one jewel one time when I was like working a third shift. I got up, did something, came back and was like sitting at my desk doing paperwork and there was like a gem on the ground and I talked to all my coworkers. It was a di like a diamond kind of a thing. And I talked to all my coworkers and they were like, no, I didn't lose a diamond. Uh, and so that was a fun one. My wife found one at her workstation. We work a lot uh, and so we, we found gems at work but no joke and this is I don't know how you can edit this stuff out but um, one of my friends uh, uh, a gem she felt it pop out from between her butt cheeks and she was like it wasn't poop it like didn't come out like poop would come out like from the, you know like the hole if you will but like there was something in between her butt cheeks and she shook it and a a large gem fell out. It was amazing. She keep it or give it to him. She kept. She kept it. She yeah. kept it. It wasn't when Jacob was there. 
Like a lot of these times, it's not just when Jacob's there. Oh, interesting. But Jacob, Jacob brings a lot of the. Gym. When Jacob was there, was there a bunch that happened? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, um, I think a lot of times you just it raises awareness of it, raises faith for it. There's a lot. So fun miracles. We get a lot of fun miracles. Um, that I don't know what the practicality of them are. There's gold. We get gold dust a lot. Where like you'll be singing songs and then you look down and your hands are glistening and then you go and you're like I must have touched somebody with like I must have hugged a lady who had you know like had glittery perfume or something. You wash your hands and it's all gone and you go back out into the living room and you look and now it's on your hands and your forearms and it's back you know uh, stuff like that. Wow, that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. <laughs> I remember you you would tell me these stories. We would. Uh... Uh, our our friendship was forged in the fire of long third shifts together. Mm-hmm. Uh, often when you had worked in the cafeteria all day, and you wanted to work a third shift with me, and so you'd work twenty four hours in a row. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you tell me these stories, and I, it was a rough uh, spot in my life, and so I kind of half didn't believe you or thought they were kind of garbage. I was pretty skeptical, but now I want <clears throat> not not to see it and believe it. I believe like I fully believe that. This is a real thing that's happened to you. I want to experience that so bad. I think it'd be yes. so cool to see that. Like I, I just I don't know if I, I don't I don't know if I could. Like I I am pretty skeptical just as a person. I don't know if I could bring that into that situation. Yeah. That my unfaithfulness, I guess. No. Oh I, yeah. I, I swear I believe that this is a real thing that happens, and I want to experience. Want I want to see it. It's, if you want it's it. so cool. That's so. Because my my I guess my upbringing was pretty pretty Calvinistic, pretty, uh, yeah. the same thing that you guys were saying, pretty, uh, formulaic, like you're, you're, uh, you know, total, total depravity, you're a sinner, and like, same thing about like, there are miracles in the Bible, and that's what, the basis of what we believe miracles are based on those miracles, and so, once I started to get to know you and started hearing some of these stories, it's like, man, this is real in such different ways than I ever, yeah, you know, was taught, so yeah, if Jacob's around, I would love to meet him. I, I think yes. that would be really cool. Ooh, yeah, I like that. I will know. I've only had the gold dust once. I remember it well. I longed for the gold dust, much like you. Uh, and everybody else got the gold dust, and I never got it. And Does it happen to individuals or groups sometimes? Yes. Both. Yes and yes, both. I mean, sometimes there's <clears throat> one time when, and I wasn't there for this, but there was one time, uh, I think my wife was telling me about it, where there was like a cloud in the middle of the, like in the middle of the staircase off this, this to the side of the room. And there was a cloud and it was like swirling with gold dust and everyone would put their hands in it. And they said it felt like, it felt like heaven was in there. And I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. but it, it, and, and they bring their hands out and there was gold dust everywhere. And it was just like a, like a swirling, like, you know, a normal pillar so, of swirling gold dust on the staircase. A biggie. That's crazy. So, would you say your spiritual awakening was 2008 then? Was right then when that happened, when that kid came? Or then what was the journey to finding your connection with God? Because it sounds like the way you were going at it was very formulaic. And that's now the way that you're living is complete 180 to what we were doing. Yes. So, what was... Because you had the dedication, you had the drive. How did that switch happen? And then... You said that like your whole essence comes from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So like, how would you say someone goes after that? Ooh. To because you said you speak with the Holy Spirit all the time. What would you say is some way 
what what led you down the path to where you could have that connection? Yeah, is what I would ask. I think so. A lot of good teaching uh, from from elders and pastors and consistent teaching has helped. I don't, you know, like uh, there what people would term uh, a lot of the people in our group they would term it uh, the movement as the drunken glory movement, uh, which is kind of a I mean, it's halfway accurate. It's a pretty accurate term, but it's also a little derogatory, which is okay. Um, we don't take ourselves... I mean, like, we don't take ourselves that seriously. But uh, there are... Um, there are a number of teachers who, who have taught, like, drunken glory theology. And so I like theology. Um, and so... You went to a Christian college. I went to a Christian college. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> but... For me, like if you teach something the same way for a long time, I honor that, like consistency. Uh, and so I've seen a lot of people change their theology over time because it's more popular. Mm. Um, you know, like, oh, this is trendy now. Um, and so I'm not going to talk about, uh, I mean, this is a, just a terrible example, but like, you know, like I'm not going to talk about abortion anymore because it's, abortion's not cool to talk about right now kind of a thing uh, and so giving the people what they want as opposed to like being dedicated to like this is what I believe this is what I love this is truth truth is a person named Jesus and I'm dedicated to that mm. so there's a couple people who for a long time have preached clear clean theology about like a juiced up Jesus who accepts humanity who saved all of humanity uh there's a, I mean, John, I mean, John three sixteen and 17, like, he saved the world, man. He did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world, you know? Yeah. Uh, to save the whole world. Uh, so, I mean, look at your Bible translations, man. I mean, check them out. Uh, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Or you can go back to the Greek, too. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, so, and Jesus also prayed that... Uh, None shall perish, but all shall come to repentance. And you think Jesus, like, isn't gonna get his prayers answered? Yeah. Uh, Dang. So if anyone's gonna get their prayers answered, exactly. Yeah. Before, what, can I, can yeah, I pause you for one yeah, second? Yeah. Do you have a time limit? I don't want. I want to be. We're creeping up on an hour here. And I yeah. I don't have a time limit. <clears throat> okay. So cool. We don't either. So I just want to make sure that if there was something specific, because I'm loving where this conversation is going. I just don't want to hinder you. Thank so, you. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, so for me, if I'm being real honest with you, I've loved Jesus since day one. Yeah. Uh, and so I think, I mean, I think humans, all humans have the Holy Spirit, uh, which is a, again, a controversial thing, like the idea of, because Jesus modeled, you know, when he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down kind of a thing. Uh, but I mean, I believe that when Jesus died and came back from the dead, the world changed. Uh, and so humanity intrinsically has access to the like uh, the fingerprints of God. And so I think whether it's the full portion or not, we could probably have a debate on. But for me, I've loved Jesus my entire life. And uh, when I was a child, my father sat me down and said, I was probably 12, Right when you needed to make the transition from like child to adolescent, that the most 
probably the worst time he could have had this conversation with me. God bless him. He said, it's always about Jesus with you. You're making everybody feel weird. Uh, you make everybody feel a little uncomfortable. It's like, this cake reminds you of Jesus. Like, the Colts remind you of Jesus. Like, when we go to the Pacers game, it's like, oh man, Jesus, like, made that guy have a slam dunk. Like, it's all about Jesus. Like, Jesus in the popcorn, Jesus in the sky, Jesus in the bedroom, Jesus makes me high, you know, whatever. Uh, it's always... A fresh Brian Schultz track happening right now, guys. And so he's like, just, I want you to be, I want you to experience life which should be more well-rounded. Like, Jesus is good and real, but, like, your brother also plays sports and, like, watches movies and doesn't talk about Jesus all the time, but, like, still goes to church. Like, don't you think that that would be more fun than just Jesus all the time? And so... I want to be like my brother. I was a second born. Obviously, I wanted to be like my older brother. I wanted to make my dad happy. Um, so I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that started like this difficult time for me. And then the rest of like my, most of my adolescence, until I met my friend who we started the fellowship together, our fellowship, our cult, whatever, together, <laughs> um, until I met him. So for probably about five years, I was just in this, wasteland of not having friends of trying to be cool because my brother was like popular and good looking and athletic and uh and I wanted to be like that and so I like had friends but didn't want to like hang out with them because they were you know they weren't cool I wanted to hang out with the cool kids and I wanted to do the cool things and I wanted people to like me I wanted to have a pretty girlfriend I wanted to do this or do that uh and so I lost the child that faith uh, not completely. I love Jesus. Um, but full circle, 2008, which puts me at, how old would I be? I was 26. 26 or 27. Probably 27. Uh, and when I heard the gospel, which is what I would term this message, like Jesus changed everything but on the cross, uh, it felt like I was like 12 year old me again um, I, can, I can understand that instantly like I talk to God like God talks to me when God talks to me it doesn't sound like some huge voice in the sky or some animal talking or, or some circumstantial thing of like somebody says one thing to me like an elder says one thing to me and I was like oh that must be the Lord but it sounds a lot like my voice in my own head uh, and it never goes against like it never goes against the scriptures and the character and nature of God in the scripture so it's like a realization that oh this is what God's talking this is how God talks to me yeah exactly so you're talking to me for a long time I just haven't listened yeah. or you're told not to listen to it yeah I was told that voice was either A sinful me or B the <laughs> devil uh, which That's neither crazy. neither are great. Yeah. So you would ignore it and run away from that. That's crazy. You're told, probably told that by other Christians. For sure. People who meant well and wanted me to be righteous. Listen, and... Don't listen to God. It's the devil. Yeah. Or it's a sinful youth. That's crazy. That's crazy. <clears throat> Looking back on that conversation with your dad, uh, is that is that like a criticism? Does you look at that as like a criticism? 
of my is, father. Not of your father, but like, was he, I don't know. It seems like yeah. the best thing someone could say about you. It's all about Jesus with you. Like, I know he meant it in like a negative oh, way. Yeah. I get the context of what you're saying, but looking back, like, that's like the highest compliment someone could give you. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, I mean, I think so. That is, it tends to be. I didn't know, yeah. looking back, how you viewed that interaction with your dad at this point in your life. At this juncture, I'm just crazy. I'm crazy about everybody, but my dad especially. Uh, I, my dad beats himself up. He was like, he left my mom, uh, and he was a great dad, but maybe not a great husband. Uh, but he never felt like he was a good dad. He had, like, girlfriends, and he struggled with, you know, like, buying sweet sports cars and you know like that is no not, trouble my yeah friend. i know i know i know but like you know always you know wanting to do do stuff and not just like hang out uh and like cook us dinner but i don't remember any of those things as bad things i remember just like him loving me i never felt like he didn't love me i never felt like he didn't see me and care for me uh i remember a couple times when my feelings were hurt he would like give me time to myself and then like talked to he like I remember one time he talked to my mom and was like he just needs a little bit of time to himself right now uh, and like he didn't tell her why my feelings were hurt and I liked that um, you know dad my dad's a great dad but yeah he meant well God bless him he meant so well he's such a good dad that's cool I I, we, I have another question this is a little bit off a different topic yeah, uh, <clears throat> but you have a cell phone that's not a normal cell phone. I mean, it's a normal cell phone. It's the most normal cell phone. And uh, when I was talking to Lincoln, he said that you do not <clears throat> have a, a regular Android iPhone, um, and then you just have a, a flip phone. Oh uh, yeah. Is that was that a per- no, obviously it's a it was on purpose. Um, Correct. Like it's an intentional thing. Like so, why, you, man? <laughs> uh, well. Yeah. So like why, yeah. man? Yeah. Um, well, I was. Pu- so when did what? smartphones come out? Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Okay. Two thousand nine. Uh, Coincidence. So interesting. So I was. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so my wife and I were at dinner on date night, um, and we went to Caliente. Have you been to Caliente in Fort Wayne? It's I have a Cuban sandwich shop. Ooh. So this was in the old location where there was like four booths, and that was it. Now it's downtown, right across from J.K. O'Donnell's. It's great. You should oh, okay. go there. Yeah. But so we go there, and we are a month or two, I think maybe a month away from upgrade time, and iPhones were all the rage, my man. And we were like, we're gonna get iPhones, be able to like take pictures, um, like and like big pictures or nice pictures, you know, because we take pictures with our flip phones, but these are like nice pictures, you know. Um, and we were like pretty jazzed about it, and we get dinner. Uh, and there's another couple in there, and they're a real good-looking couple, like beautiful. And uh, I'm looking at them, I'm like, oh, yeah, romance is alive in Fort Wayne tonight, you know. Uh, and they get their food, and we get our food at the same time. And they spent their whole meal looking at their phones, scrolling, taking pictures of their food, and scrolling, and taking pictures, and scrolling. And they did talk to each other, but their their posture was one of, hunched over, looking down kind of a thing. And I said, that's not what, he, that's not what humanity is to me. Like, I don't, I don't want to ever have an interaction like that. I'm never going to get one of those phones. 
and so I told I told Emily, my wife, that, and she's like, I don't know, I don't think I am either. And so she, neither of us have gotten smartphones since then. Um, and yeah, so we don't have smartphones. I would term our phones wisdom phones. Uh, <laughs> it sends. I mean, it can receive pictures. Yeah. Uh, it can take decent quality pictures and send them to people with iPhones, and they can look at them. Um, it sends texts, and it calls people. And I don't. I leave it places and forget that I even. Like, oh, I don't have my phone with me. I left it in the hotel room. I guess I'm just going to spend the whole day without my phone. No biggie. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I, I leave it in different rooms of my house. My wife is constantly losing her phone because she's like, oh, yeah, I put that somewhere. Where is that thing? Uh, wow. It's not like a something where we you know, <coughs> care that much about it. But also at the same time, like, and now, shocker, tons of studies are coming out saying, like, it ruins your sleep. It ruins your ability to, like, empathize with other people. And all these other terrible things. Yeah. And yes, they're awesome. You get great cameras with them. Like, you can listen to music with them. Uh, but, eh. Yeah. So do you are, do you partake in social media at all then? Sure, yeah. I have. But it's over your laptop. Uh, or a computer. Or whatever. Yeah. My wife did get, recently she got uh, an iPad. Okay. And somebody gave us an iPad phone an old iphone to take pictures with because our digital canon from the year 2006 has like it's struggling (laughs) um you guys do like ipods and stuff right uh we do an ipod because you gave me one oh yeah my old ipod touch yeah um i did do that yeah it's like all of the we have all the things but they're all separate so we have she uses an i an iPhone an old iPhone to take pictures, mm-hmm. and she loads them up, like onto onto a laptop. Or now she can like somehow sync them, I think, with her iPad. Yep. And sync that with the internet, which is in a satellite somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and she can upload her pictures to the Fabu, uh, so all, all people can see our wonderful vacations. The Fabu. So you just have Facebook then? I do. Just the Instagram Facebook. probably wouldn't really make sense. No. Is this more phone-driven? Twitter? No Twitter? No. I check my Facebook. I've been checking it once every two weeks, but it, once a month it feels like it's calling my name. Yeah. I really only keep it because of the band. People write messages saying, like, how how it's helped them, and I, like, want them to have an outlet to, like, write those messages, you know? Yeah. I guess I could just put my email on my website. You do have a pretty significant following for your music. For someone who refuses to tour and does a just a dumb amount a just a stupidly low amount of self-promotion you have a lot of people who are really into your music and it's all word of mouth yeah not to criticize you uh for not promoting yourself but you're just such a humble guy like you're you're not trying to market any music you're just it just exists i had no idea that people would like it uh i just made it for myself it's fantastic quality music it's yes. very good. I care most about songwriting. Um, and so I really want, if there's like a sentence on a song that I don't love, like there's a lot of sentences that I like, but if I don't love it, I won't put it on a record. Um, and I'll always think, oh, maybe I need to change that. And so I'll be, I'm always changing songs. 
uh, even on my first record, there's a couple lines on the first record mm. that I really, really liked. Uh, but now I've found, like, you know, seven years later, I found were, or lines that I love that I wish I'd put those on there instead. Mm. Your music is truly alive. So you, how many albums do you have? I just have two. Okay. One in 2012 and when was your 2017. Was 2017. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. We'll have to shout it out. Maybe play a little bit. What's your favorite song? If you could say, what's your favorite song out of all of the songs that you have? And where can you find these songs? Yeah. Um, I paid a service to put them everywhere where you can find music. So Spotify, I get I get money from App, Apple Music and Spotify like oh, every, cool. every month. Um, Which is a fee because they don't play pay artists anything yeah like yeah like i said you have a legitimate following for your oh. music people like your music thanks yeah more than just the the 20 people who know you uh in in the small radius of like four way you know hundreds of people in four way you get what i'm saying it's a metaphor did i tell you about texas no like the, there's the another concert there's the concert like, that i played in texas no no oh, i'm me. gonna tell you about that in a second uh favorite song is that's a tough one because I would say... Because you love all of them. I, I do. Yeah. Well, I, I try to make every single one a little different. Like, thematically, they're all similar. They're all about Jesus being a cowboy, gunning down the devil on the back streets of Bethlehem, you know? Uh, but um, I try, like, the instrumentation, I try and have them all be a little different. And so if there's a harmonica solo in one song you'll be hard-pressed to find another harmonica solo on the whole record. But if there is one, it's totally different. And so there are, on on the most recent record, it's called There's No More Bastards. On There's No More Bastards, there's two harmonica solos, but one is like a like a train chugga-chugga-chugga type of a train solo, and the other one's like an old-school country Bob Dylan-y type of a hybrid. So they're very different. So it's hard for me to pick one, but... There's the last song on There's No More Bastards is called You Thought That We Were Enemies. And that's my favorite. It makes me cry almost every single time I listen to it. You thought they were enemies. On... You thought that we were enemies. Okay. Now on No More Bastards. Yeah. And and that's the song that you put the line Daddy's oh. Not Mad at Me? Uh yeah. Yeah. That's got that's, Daddy's Not Mad at Me. That's that song. It. Yeah. So the only other one, it's a tough one between that one and the most popular song. I get most people write to me about another song and they say, this song changed my life or this song changed my perception. Uh, and it's my most controversial song and I thought no one was going to like it, but the music turned out so good for it that people just, it feels electric. Uh, and that is called I'm In Deep. So if you listen to those two songs, those same same record, same record, those are the quintessential. Uh, though I mean, I, those summarize everything I believe almost. Can we play a little bit of them at the end? Like sure. If, yeah. I, so what I do is I record an intro and outro. I might play a little bit of it if that's okay. Yeah. So I just want to get your permission before I oh, do stream it. your music and yeah yeah okay. That's again for everyone listening, Brian Schultz and the High Country River Drinkers. Wherever music exists on the internet, yeah, it's true. No more bastards. I like that. Yeah. That's a that's a kick to religion. That's a kick to religion. <laughs> I know you're so steeped in it for a second. There's like... yeah, there's some people who there was a lot of pushback or people, sweet Christian ladies who say 
I'm not even gonna. People post it online, and then people would write underneath <coughs> like, "Well, with a title like that, there's no way I would ever listen to it." And I remember that um, when you were writing this album, we were hanging out once a month. We would get uh, wings mm-hmm. before we at the Acme, and you're you're That's really you struggling with using the title. There's no more bastards. It's true. I really wanted to do it, but my uh, different people were like just giving me they were giving me some pushback on it which was there was two things about the record that they were giving me pushback on and one one I thought was wisdom and one I thought wasn't mm. uh, and so there's no more bastards I want like I want if if you don't have any other exposure to my music and you just see one song title or one album title like I want you to like have an experience with the Lord. And so normally I try and name my songs like something meaningful and long, like you thought that we were enemies. Uh, but there's no more bastards. Just felt, I know it's grammatically incorrect. Uh, and I normally, I really care about grammar actually. But it just, I, I said it to somebody one time, I said it to a table of of Lutheran pastors at Old Crown Coffee Shop and I watched all of their faces not like it and then the realization of like God's acceptance in that one line where like uh, Paul says like the God and Father of all uh, like dawn upon them and then their faces changed and they were like you have to call it that (laughs) and I just thought that is an experience I want for people that's so cool. And I was just rebellious, young and defiant, and wanted you to say say the bastard word. Yeah, say the B, say the B <laughs> word. Yeah. And also, I really love the truth behind it. Yeah. But sometimes I think being offensive, uh, just for the sake of being offensive, is is a good thing. Debatable, but no, that's that's just I, I understand sure. that. I'll, let me process it. But for I'll me, think about that. Yeah. There, are, I don't know. Sometimes I feel as if people are a little too censored. Yeah. And so I'm very into saying hard things in ways that might be colorful or not colorful. <laughs> I mean, my preference is all the colors. I want them all. That's a good thing. Yeah. Interesting. All right, I have more questions. I don't know if you... Yeah, no, I, I love hearing your stories because you tell stories like I heard from missionaries who had come to my church growing up uh, from Papua New Guinea. in Fort Wayne, which yeah, is like, awesome. Telling these crazy stories that I didn't even believe when they said it, but like these things happen around me, not in yeah. a third world country, not in Africa, not in South America, but in Fort Wayne to people that, are, that, that I know, that I interact with. And... I love it. I love it so much. Do you yeah. think Fort Wayne's your place that you're going to be at for a long time? Yeah. Um, probably. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, assuming that... Never Fort Wayne turns into Fort Wayne forever. Fort Wayne forever. <laughs> I'm the biggest Fort Wayne enthusiast you will ever meet. Yeah. People, I've seen people... I mean, people have moved from California and Florida and New York uh, and, like, d- the most desirable places in this country to live... They moved to Fort Wayne to be part of our community. Yeah. Um, and so it's, I mean. Florida's not that desirable. Like, I, I mean, people really like Florida, though. It's so interesting. <clears throat> it's not my jam either. Uh, but 
Yeah, I love Fort Wayne. It's uh, yes, I, I like mountains. I like going out west. Yeah. Uh, if everybody in my fellowship said, "Hey, we all got jobs and saved up a truckload of money, we all want to move to like a big piece of land where we can all like actually live in live in houses next to each other." Because it's really hard to do. Like straight it's straight cold. It's hard to... Yeah, re- yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Montana. Um, Idaho. You know. Idaho. <laughs> I mean, I would pick... I would pick... If I could pick anywhere, I would pick to live in like Wyoming yeah. or South Dakota or Montana. Like, I just like the West. Or my sleeper city, which might be the second greatest city in the entire country, is Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh. Never been there. Oh, it's it's wonderful. You can... it's You can walk around in shorts downtown santa fe 75 degrees and then get in your car drive for 15 minutes up the mountain and go downhill skiing in the snow that's crazy yeah awesome that's the best of both worlds right there agreed yeah yes. i'm gonna have to visit that that's cool that's cool that so my spot yeah it's been cool to be called away yeah four wings grown a lot in the past 10 years it's true <laughs> how do you feel about that how do you feel about, you know, well, downtown up too. Downtown changing the, the new Tin Cap Stadium, all these new businesses? What? Yeah. How, how do you feel about your your Second precious large? little town changing and growing? Second what? largest city in, in Indiana? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think it's always been the second largest. Uh, I like it. I like, de- I like some of the development. I just went to the new, there's a new park called mm-hmm. the Promenade mm-hmm. uh, right by the river. And I've always maintained... People talk trash about the Fort Wayne rivers because they're brown and they're like, oh, it's a runoff from the farms and it's pollution. It's just trash, man. And like, no, man, this is Indiana. We have clay in our ground and so our rivers are our rivers are brown in this part of Indiana and that's okay. Yeah. Like, it's not dirty. It's beautiful. Um, and so Fort Wayne used to be the spiritual center for the Native Americans. Uh, it's called Kikianga where the three rivers converged is like a really like a holy place for them. And so I actually think my spiritual, my, my, uh, Orthodox Eastern Christianity, uh, is more conducive to native American spirituality than like Western white American Christianity, which is really difficult to, uh, I think when the Puritans are supposed to come over, they're supposed to intermarry with yeah. the native Americans. Cause you can see, I've heard stories of, like paintings and stuff saying the white man's bringing truth. Yeah. And when they say Yahweh and their chants, they're literally yelling Yahweh and their chants. Yeah, man. I know. There's a lot of correlation to that, too. So, so we're, we're, yeah, grandfather creator, man. I mean, yeah. like, it's a great white buffalo. Oh, the white buffalo. Uh, anyways, so yeah, I like Fort Wayne. Uh, I like the rivers. I like how it's developing. I don't, uh, I did buy one of my houses with cash for $40,000. Uh, and I don't think you can do that anymore in Fort Wayne. Mm. Uh, there's a house in my neighborhood that's like small. It's nice on the outside, but it's not like renovated really nice. On the inside, it's like $175,000, which is like a regular priced house. Mm. Uh, so, you how, know. how rough was that house? When you bought it, the forty thousand. Oh, it was pretty rough. I feel uh, like I've seen some listings for pretty rough houses downtown for similar amounts. Maybe oh, really? not quite that cheap. Okay, but like sixty, seventy yeah. on just a city lot, and it it needs everything. But yeah, ours was it was they asked eighty. They were asking eighty thousand dollars, and they lowered it to like seventy eight. It had been for sale for a long time, and we knew we would have to gut the whole inside of the house. Um, 
so we said we'll give you thirty-five thousand dollars. And they came back and they lowered it from seventy-five to seventy. <laughs> and uh, and I said, okay, we'll give you thirty-five thousand dollars. And quite the negotiation. I know. Well, I was just like, I mean, I'm not gonna buy your house for anything more than thirty-five. And they said, is are you seriously? Is this what you're doing? I said, I'll go up. 40 because <laughs> we sold our other house and we had 40 in it and so we had 40 I said I'll go up to 40 that's it and they're like okay <laughs> now when was this because uh, the recession hit Fort Wayne in the Midwest pretty hard and for a while yeah. it, it was kind of a rough place to be yeah was this was this like 2010 2011 no it was 2012 okay it was actually the summer of 20, I sold, uh, yeah, I sold my house in 2012 and we bought it at the end of, cause I was recording my, re- I was working on recording the record and I just released it mm-hmm. when we got the house. 2012. Okay. Good times. Yeah. That's crazy. A lot of significance there. 2008. 2000, yeah. 2012. Well, four is the Lord's number. Because they're all the Lord's numbers. Ooh. <laughs> now, once upon a time, a, a wise person made the suggestion for an EP um, to perhaps record it in the back of a Subaru and call it the Subaru Sessions. Have you given that concept any more thought? <laughs> ah, that was that wise person you? Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. That wise person's sweet beard, which is paralleled by none other. Uh, paralleled by most white guys who can sort of grow beards. No way. Whatever. Yeah. Your beard lines, man. That mustache—it's like Tom Selleck. I just—I just happen to have dark face hair. It's not really dense; it's just really dark. <laughs> it could, I mean, you could be right. I don't know. You know who can grow a great mustache? Timid? Yeah. What the crap are you a doing shaving your face, man? Mustache. Are you a cop right now? Why are you shaving? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I got some. I got some, like blowback from it a little bit. Oh. So I was like, you know, I've done the By immature children. Uh, I don't know if I can say that. Maybe it was a bad metaphor. By insecure people. Insecure people, yeah. I don't want to talk about children laughing or disappointing mustaches. Now that we're talking mustaches. So Tim and I grew my beard out for four months without shaving it. Uh, And then the day I went to get my driver's license, I shaved my entire beard off and left only my mustache so that I had... The biggest mustache I could muster, which isn't that great. But boom, look at this driver's license photo. Oh my yes. god. And listeners, um, I know you can't see this photo, but this photo is going to be the thumbnail for this podcast. <laughs> it should be. It's my best it was my best attempt to be like Sam Elliott. It's beautiful. You're there. Like a hundred years younger though. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's Fair. beautiful. Thanks. That's so beautiful. Thank you guys. Thank you for sharing your driver's license picture with us. Oh, yeah. A lot of people won't share their driver's <laughs> license pictures. Oh, yeah. I was jacked up about it. I was real pumped. Um, let you me tell you. Oh, you know, you I go. Say, you don't look anything like your picture. I know. That's why it's so fun. <laughs> uh, okay. So let me tell you about Texas, and then you can ask me all the other questions, because I know the listeners are, like, clamoring. Yeah. Yeah, Texas. I am also clamoring for Texas. I'm also clamoring to use the restroom. Are those bathrooms locked in the hallway? Let's do Texas and then let's wrap it up. Okay. That'd be cool. I'm yeah. cool with that. All are right. You cool with that? Yeah, yeah okay. definitely. So, listeners, are you cool with that? I think they're in. Uh, all right. This has been a good one. I really enjoyed this. So, I say no to concerts 
regularly. People send me messages and I say, the band's on a hiatus right now. Because, I mean, really, the band is kind of on a hiatus because the band is not really a thing that is, like, permanent or an entity that is, like, you know, always playing together. It's... When people take pictures of me, I don't know what to do. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm just grabbing a few pictures. Trying to catch them we'll get, we'll, yeah. we'll, we can so, talk about me taking pictures here. All right. Texas. So, anyways. So, the band's uh, really not. So, the band, good, so the band comes together uh, when I record the record. I bring in my friends mm-hmm. and who live near where we record. So, last record we recorded, or the first one we recorded in Indy, the last one we recorded in Anderson. Uh, and so I just brought in friends who lived around there who are like professional musicians who so else, I could pay yeah, them. Yeah, who else do these friends play for? They have played for other Indiana bands and musicians. Such, I mean, you want me to say I, I, something know, that rhymes with Haas Harrells. I want you to name drop. It's okay. Uh, so it's, some, it's, so it's no, possible. It's, it's yeah. possible that some of the river drinkers might also play with Josh Garrels. They might play with John Mark, McMillan. Okay. I know uh, that one. You know, they might play on those records as well. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Okay. They might play with Bruce Springsteen. They might play with The Clash. You don't know. So anyways, all that to say, <laughs> you don't know who the River Drinkers are. So when people ask me, though, hey, when are you guys touring? Can you come to my town? I'd like to bring you to my church. You know, I would say, like, oh, the band's on a hiatus right now. Because the idea of, like, getting a bunch of getting everybody together practicing it is a thing lincoln and i have played together practicing is like it requires it's fun but it requires effort and time and i love to spoon with my wife <laughs> uh, so i just don't have i don't have a lot of excess time right so i get a message in at the beginning of march uh, and they from a guy in Texas, and I look, and we're not. We'd have no, no. We got a couple mutual friends, but no like real friends. Just people like uh, probably one of my favorite teachers, like preachers or whatever. Uh, and everybody's kind of friends with that guy. And a Can couple you name of that person. His name is John Crowder. Okay. So John Crowder, if you're gonna read a book, he's got a great book out called uh, Beer, Sex, Money, God. Ditching Religion for the Joys of the Incarnation. That's a good book. Or or um, The Ecstasies of Loving God. That's another one. Sometimes I walk into my living room and my I hear my wife giggling. And I walk in and she's reading The Ecstasies of Loving God just by herself, like in, in the silence. She loves it. Uh, so anyways, John Crowder's good. Um, so... Get this I message write, from him. So I get this message from this guy, and I'm like, getting ready to write him back and say like, hey, same same old thing. I almost wanted to like copy and paste the message from my last time I wrote it to somebody, but that feels disingenuous, so I don't I don't do it. But the temptation was real. Yeah. And then my wife was like, you know, it wouldn't be terrible to just hear this guy out. And his message was, in two weeks, I'm having a birthday. We're having a birthday party for our friend in Frisco, Texas. And his favorite musician is you. How much would it cost to fly you down here and have you like play at his birthday party? And uh, I thought, ah, maybe I'll just touch base with him and see. 
and I said, you know, could we talk about this? I'm, I might be interested because my wife was just like, it could be fun. It, what would hurt to just have a conversation about it? I also hate talking about money. I think my music is worth a lot of money and I don't necessarily think people think that it is. And so I've learned that I don't like talking about money because yeah. uh, I value it highly and other people maybe value their money higher. I don't know. Um, so I call this guy and within, uh, oh man, within like five minutes, he says like a couple buzz words that are like, uh, that make the bells go off in my head and say Red like, flags. oh no, like good flags. Like this guy uh, and I were like, we get, we will get each other. And, uh, and so I said, it's so such short notice. It's in two weeks. You know, I was like, you know what? I guess I'm not, I don't have any commitments and I think I can switch some things around with work. So let's just do it. And so they, uh, so they fly me to Texas out of Fort Wayne. And I was like, listen, if you want, if I'm not, I don't want to pay for anything. And so my thought was the way people are with money, that's the best I could get is they'll just fly me down there. They'll pay for, pay for my flights. And that'll probably be about it. Maybe I'll get, you know, 80 bucks selling some CDs or something. Uh, so I fly down, they fly me out of Fort Wayne, which is expensive yep. to Dallas. They pick me up in Dallas and the guy picks me up. His name's Randy. And Randy's like the sweetest dude. But he's like he's like a white Christian Texas dude. Like I get in his car and he's a big old... Or no, I don't get in his car. I get in his big old pickup truck. I wanted you to say pickup truck so bad. <laughs> I get in his big old pickup truck and there's like traffic everywhere. And he looks around. He takes a deep breath and then just like speaks in tongues for a split second. And I was like, oh, friggin' Randy, we are brothers. <laughs> um, and so and he's like listening to worship. And he's like, oh, have you heard? And he's like, have you heard this line? Wait for this line. Bam. Look at that line. That's pure theology right there. That's beautiful. Doesn't that make Jesus look beautiful? I'm like, oh, man, Randy. <laughs> Getting me juiced up, Randy. Um so we then he takes me to his house and he's like, we're going to go to dinner with a couple people and I'm staying there for Friday night and then the birthday party Saturday night and then I fly out Sunday morning. So he fly, so I, so I flies me in, I'm now at his house, I'm sitting there, I walk in and it's like, you know, all white walls and very beautiful, like scriptures painted all over the walls. His kids are walking around wearing like t-shirts that say like redeemed, you know, uh, and all these things. It's super sweet. And his one little girl sits next to me and she's like, she's a little crabby. She's had a long, uh, she had a long slumber party. And, uh, and she was like being a little crabby and her mom was like, you know, hey, be nice to Brian. Uh, he's our, he's our guest. And she's like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then uh, across the housewide sound system comes on one of my songs, which is very uncomfortable for me. Uh <laughs> And she goes, she looks up, she goes, oh, I love this song. Hey, when's that famous singer going to come? And (laughs) her mom's like, well, he's sitting right next to you. And she looks at me and her eyes like go wide and she puts her hand over her mouth. And she was like, my best friend after that. We were buddies. They knew, like his kids knew the words to my songs. Oh, wow. 
Uh, it was great. So they took me out to dinner to a true Texas dinner. They took me out for Wagyu steaks that were chicken fried. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, it was amazing. And they like sat me in the middle of this booth and everyone sat around me. And they just asked me questions about what I meant when I wrote like this song or that song or like what my inspiration was for this and that. And they knew all the words to my songs and it was like hilarious. And also so cool. I was, it was interesting, you know, um, that other people think that way because that's kind of how I feel about music too. Yeah. So um, then Saturday night rolls around. I go to the birthday party and I get there and it's dudes only. By exclusive invite of Randy, <laughs> he invites 20 guys, and it's guys only, and they're like grilling and smoking meats in the backyard, smoking cigars and drinking whiskey. Everybody brought whiskey with them. And so... <laughs> Holy cow. Just a room full of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... But they were drinking the whiskey pretty hard. And I thought to myself, it's, it's like 4.45. You guys are drinking whiskey hard. Um, I think I know where tonight's going to go. I didn't anticipate that, like, when I saw, like, the Bible verses painted all over the walls and things. But, like, oh, you know, it'll be fun. You know, we'll have a good time or whatever. Uh, I don't love drinking lots of whiskey. I like having a glass of whiskey. Yeah. So, anyways, but here's the kicker. As the night went on and more whiskey was consumed, they never got out of control. They got sweeter and, like, prayed for each other more. And were more bold into like saying like how much they loved one another and believed in one another and like all these things. It was really awesome. That's cool. So then came the time for music. I had a 10 song set uh, prepared. I had one capo change um, because let's be real. All my songs are the same four chords and they all kind of <laughs> sound the same. Uh, so wow. I had to... Uh, put a capo on for a third of them and then drop the capo off again so it felt like they were different songs but it's the same four chords. Uh, or for a couple of songs it's just the same two chords let's be real. <laughs> can tell you grew up or maybe high school and college playing a lot of worship music. Oh, maybe. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, all that to say uh, that everyone loved it, man. They sang all the words. They knew all the words. Um and we we get done, and the guy who had been drinking the most, and I'm not talking about mm, drinking Jesus, I'm talking about drinking whiskey. Uh, <laughs> he stands up, and I was like, here we go. And he's like, everybody, Randy is unlike anyone else we've ever met. For his birthday party, he spent all his money to bring in somebody so that we could all worship Jesus together. There's nobody in this world like Randy. Let's put Randy in the middle and let's bless him with prayers. And so they put Randy's Randy's birthday. So they put Randy in the middle and they're all praying for sweet Randy. And like people are crying and they're just telling him like, you know, how much he's blessed them and how he's been a father to them or a brother to them or a son to them. And it's people, and I also love this, it wasn't just like all white dudes. Uh, it was people of all ages and walks of life. It was really beautiful. And so we then hung out. We ate food. It was great. Uh, sat around a fire. And then probably 11 or 12 at night, they said, Hey, Brian, 
do you think you could play just two more songs? And I said, sure, yeah. I mean, I, at this point, I really sang the, like 10 songs that I know all the words to because there's a lot of words in my songs. <laughs> but I'll wing it and see how it goes. And so uh, the last song I sang was a song called The Lumber. And there's a part that says, you thought that one trespass was going to haunt you forever. But this righteousness has come to all men. And, uh, and so that's like the bridge, right? And these dudes in the backyard in the middle of suburbia, Texas, were screaming at the tops of their lungs. You thought that one trespass was going to haunt you forever. But this righteousness has come to all men. It's really beautiful. That's so cool. And they stuffed wads of cash in my pockets. I made more money. <laughs> I made more money that night than I have doing anything. It was because Randy wanted you for his birthday. Kind of. Basically. Yeah. And they were like. But Randy p- pitched it to you as someone else. No, no, no. Randy's friend pitched it to me. Okay. Randy's the one to pick you up. Oh, okay. But Randy's okay. the one to pick me up. Yeah. It was great, man. I had a, I had a blast. I'm so telling cool. you, there is a following for your music. I know. It's amazing. They all knew the words. It was crazy. <laughs> no, it's not even amazing. It just makes sense because it's oh. so good. Oh, that's awesome. All right, well, let's, let's end this. Oh. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for giving us your time to tell some stories and, awesome. and talk to us. I really appreciate it. Oh, this. yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Tim, it was great meeting you, man. Yeah, dude. It was great. Uh, I look forward to spending the rest of eternity with you. Uh, <laughs> all right. And we, I mean, there's going to be a lot more juice. hangouts. Yeah. Yeah. And so all of you, to all of you listeners, uh, if you ever feel alone, you ever feel sad, um, just know that Jesus is real. He's not mad at you. Uh, and that you are seen, you are heard, and that you, even though you don't believe it, the three of us in this room believe it enough for you in this moment. That you are good. Thanks for listening. That's it. That's it. Wow. He is so cool. Freaking Brian is the coolest, guys. Um, thank you for listening to another rendition of Timmons Podcast. Yo, check out Brian. Uh, he's all over Spotify, Apple, any place you can get music. I've been listening to a lot of his music lately. Um, I'm going to end this episode by listening to one of my favorites and we'll just kind of play it out. But, um, man, he is so cool. Uh, his, his band name is Brian Schiltz and the high country river drinkers. So find that anywhere music is played. Um, and guys, thank you so much for listening and just shout out to Brian and all of the amazing things that he's doing and just the amazing guy he is. And I, it was such a just such an honor to sit down and talk to him. It, it was just it was crazy. So uh, let's listen to one of his songs. And I'll play us out on that song, and I'll catch you guys on the next Timmons podcast. And hey, if you guys also just shout out to anyone who wants to have a conversation, shoot me a direct message on on um, on uh, Twitter at nymptj n i m t z t j, um, and I'd love to talk to you guys. My DMs are open. So all right, here's a little bit of Brian and. Uh, have a great day, guys. I was drafted to fight in the cavalry when 
found me Then you came with a pardon in your hand And I went riding out on my own And I got in deep with the wrong kind of folks Then you came with saddlebags filled with gold now there ain't no darkness where we live There ain't no snakes down where we swim In this river, the devil's gone and drowned 